If you're someone that embraces tech as a hobby, a job, or heaven forbid, a lifestyle, you know it's a space that's literally got a term for everything. Believe it or not, once upon a time, smartphones were just phones, apps were just software, and meta just meant you were being a bit too self-referential. But alas, as quickly as the technology evolves, so too does the phrasing, buzzwords, and outright meaning of otherwise common terminology. So this week, we're taking a perhaps too deep dive into a world that once meant it was well after midnight in a grad school coffee house, and has now been co-opted by one of the largest companies in the world. This is a fun one, guys, because it's time to literally enter the metaverse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are here. You may not be able to see it, but we are here from the metaverse. Yes. Uh, we are. We, we're here to uh, to actually discuss the, what the thing about the metaverse is, um, up to and including what the heck that word actually means and where it most recently came from, and some of the business and marketing distinctions behind it, as much as the technology itself. But. Uh, as you may or may not know, the three of us are normally in three very different physical places. If you can't tell by the audio quality differences, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> should be a giveaway. In the case of one of us across the entire country, but today we are, for all intents and purposes, sharing the same room uh, in in the metaverse, as it were. So kind of set the stage we are all using the anymore it's the meta oculus yes. quest or is it just meta quest meta quest meta quest, two. Yep. meta quest 2 um virtual reality headsets that we've all donned this morning with full hand tracking and uh <laughs> eric and i were discussing just before we hit record how apparently the solid state budget has really just gotten this it's, dramatic it's great influx i mean flux of cash it's, if you, based, you can't see it but yeah our surroundings it's it's great i mean we're, we're in the middle of a futuristic city there's cars down below giant high-rise buildings we have a huge pane of glass window we're, we're you know i don't know 20 stories up probably it, it's uh it's pretty, i didn't realize this was in our budget but yeah we're really hitting it even the light fixtures yeah, in here look expensive some, some vendors you know to get us the spot appreciate that cody much appreciated <laughs> well, what whatever future allows for this apparently also allows for mountainscapes in the background yes. of florida so yeah um, <laughs> yeah the mountains of florida ecological disaster for whatever would result in it but uh Anyway, so we we are here today to talk about exactly well, to talk about what the heck it is that we're currently talking about, which is the metaverse. It's a it's a term that's found its way into not only oh god, how do I even put it? Not not only the technology side of things, but also it seems every earnings call I've listened to from every major company for the last god knows yeah. how long, and um, just just see all the above. Uh, it's become the it's bordering on, if not wholly in buzzword territory. Oh, it's buzzword. That's yeah. Where, that's where it can get a little bit dangerous is when the word actually starts to lose all meaning. I think that does also presuppose it had very much meaning to begin with. And I think <laughs> that, well, and I think that might be part of the problem is something that has actual technological roots has very immediately been turned into marketing spin and buzzword and investor yeah. language and all the above. So um, guys, talk to me a little bit about what, what is this metaverse we're sitting in right now from a definition perspective? So this is the Horizon Workroom application. It's technically still in beta, they call it. But this, the Horizon is the group of, you know, meta Facebook's applications um, for their, their metaverse. So essentially, this is what 
Facebook has put out to do meetings and to have like those, you know, those office connections. Um, right. So, so in the, that would be a good in the 30 kind of jump in the 30,000 foot view is basically it's a it's a virtual world. You come into it like a, almost like a video game. You have an avatar, a very cartoony looking avatar that represents your body. Um, and you see through its eyes. I'm looking across the table right now at the avatars of John and Cody looking back at me. Yep. So it's very much like we're sitting in the same room. It gives you the same sensation. Cody's Cody looks around the room. I see him look around the room. He blinks. I see him blink. He moves his hands with the hand tracking. It, picks up his hands. I see him moving his hands around. Um, you know, mine does the same thing. And, um, I have a, my, my MacBook air that I have on the table is mapped and it actually comes through. So I see my MacBook's keyboard in the metaverse, even though I can't see it through my headset, it tracks my hands so that I can type on it and I see its screen up in front of me. But we're again, inside of a virtual world, looking at cartoon avatars of ourselves. Um, but moving the way we would, kind of be moving in real life. I'm a very much a hand talker. And when the hand tracking picks up my hands, I can see it. There's some depth issues because I have microphones in front of me and everything, but you know, it's, sure. um, it's doing its thing. So yeah, there. the concept is there. Well, I think it's interesting that really, if we slow down to think about it, what, what it is that we're spending most of our time describing is less the metaverse and more the classical term of virtual reality. Right. Because that's not a new concept. The technology is catching up to it in a meaningful way in the last decade for sure, definitely in the last one to two years with the expression of things like the formerly Oculus, now MetaQuest, and you know, really bringing virtual reality in a, to the masses in that meaningful way. But it's been, I mean, Cody, you're a Nintendo fanboy along with me. I mean, do you remember the Virtual Boy? I mean, this is- I had that. My, yeah. my head started hurting the minute I said the word Virtual Boy, but- Yeah, I still get the, I still have eyes. the migraine, yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. But I mean, that, that, that quest, haha, is something we've been chasing for decades, like a, like a long yeah, absolutely. time. Um, so when we talk about like we're existing in a virtual space with virtual objects and to Eric's point, a very cartoonish style environment, though I'd right. go be willing to say the cartoonish aspect of it is because that's the easiest way to give it a certain quality with the technology currently at our disposal. Right. I, 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 agree I would with say that. the end game of this is not the, uh, not the toy storification of our virtual selves. Right. I mean, we're going to, we're going to see this stuff become ever more realistic yeah, I think um, that, as the technology progresses. I think that what we'll see down the line, I mean, right now with the technology, if they tried to make the avatars look more realistic, it would end up having that uncanny Valley kind of thing that you see Absolutely. in movies where it would be like, Oh, yep. you know, but eventually it's going to get to the point where they can do that. And then they'll have in headset eye tracking so that it, right. so your eyes move realistically and that will probably make it look, you know, they're going to do all that stuff, but it ain't there well, yet. I'm going to use the star Wars example. It's, it's the, it's the technological leaps that take you from, you know, CGI clone troopers in 1999 to, you know, youngish Luke Skywalker suddenly appearing in Boba Fett. Slash right. Mando's and looking Luke realistic. Fett. Yeah. And right. And, and looking at a very, obviously if you really, really dissect it, you can see it fall apart here and there, but I mean, right. let's call it what it is it looks pretty darn good. And we're talking oh, yeah. about the span of just 20 to 25 years. And in the grand scheme of things, that's an, um, that's not a long amount of time no. to have the kind of leaps in, in quality and believability that, that we've seen between those films. So, so the, the reason I want to point the distinction of what virtual, re, like technically virtual reality, because I think the terms virtual reality and the metaverse are, are somewhat being over conflated because what really makes the metaverse, the metaverse is the back half of that word, the verse aspect of it, because we're taking virtual worlds, these virtual reality experiences and interconnecting and networking them together 
using the cloud. And I actually think that's what brings it from what we all think of as these virtual reality experiences that we've dabbled with and played with mostly in the gaming side of the world for most of our adult lives. Mm -hmm. And now it's being applied in a much more maybe practical sense, but certainly in different than just, I'm going to use it to shoot aliens. Um, for the first time ever, because now we're interconnecting and networking those experiences for things like the workplace and for social experiments and for, you know, just actual existence to a certain point. And obviously, again, you keep playing the game of playing that out to its extended conclusions that has meaning for remote work in the, you know, kind of pandemic era world that we still find ourselves living many aspects of our lives in. And, you know, the ability for people that might have physical inabilities to experience certain things now suddenly can perform or do those things in a virtual sense in a very believable world. So there's so many different offshoots of this, but for me, I'm forcing myself to slow down and remember that virtual reality doesn't mean metaverse. Right. Sure. Yeah. Metaverse does mean virtual reality to a certain extent, but maybe even not because the other aspect of quote unquote, the metaverse gets into other episodes that we're going to be having coming up, talking about the blockchain and NFTs and a big cornerstone of when we talk about these big companies and their moves towards the metaverse is things like digital ownership. And you know, what, what, you know, we, we, we mostly joke about this you know, air quotes, fancy office that we're virtually sitting in right now. But think about a world where that building virtually outside the window right there is actually a piece of digital real estate that someone would potentially own and be able to exercise ownership and control over. That that has enormously far-reaching implications from an economic perspective, from a what is a government perspective? I mean, when we start talking about ownership within a space, even a virtual or digital space, now you're talking about exercising laws and control and things that we're, that we are used to talking about in the context of government bodies and law enforcement bodies and regulatory bodies and things like that. So that's obviously playing this out to some middle to extended vision points of where this could go. But I do think it's a, it's a valid element of that conversation because again here and today we're just we're using a free beta application to sit in this you know virtual space and talk about the what ifs but some of those what ifs create the ability uh i think to have to have to have conversations that not all of us are maybe willing or wanting to sit down and have just yet while these multi-billion or multi-trillion dollar companies are paving the road towards I mean, I'm just going to play it out to the ridiculous digital nation states. Right. And that's, I think that's something worth talking about. Yeah. To your point, like if, if, you know, there is a, a world is like a template for the metaverse, like they could be in a building next to us doing their own meeting in their own headsets, you know, like, yeah, where, where does that world live and who do we want to be like responsible for it? I guess, like you said, like a government, yeah. Where does this, you know, it seems like any, you know, if someone's smart enough, they could come up with, oh, this is our little metaverse and we control it, you know. So sure. it's like, there's and I so think a lot of people are trying it. that. Yeah. I mean, they that's the biggest thing that I don't understand about the whole thing is this digital ownership. And I mean, I get, and like we said, we're going to talk about it when we talk about NFTs and stuff, but I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand how anybody could ever see the value in purchasing this space that we're sitting in. So it's my space, you know, like this, this office is ours. We pay rent on a virtual office that we come in and like, I would rather, like Cody said, find somebody who just 
has this, you know, you just connect into a server yeah. and then you're fine. You're on that server and not on the meta's well, actual server. It's just, I don't understand what the value uh, is there yet of having that virtual uh, I'm space. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing this type of the advocate and say, you know, where is most value derived from and it's scarcity. Right. So mm -hmm. if we potentially play this out to the point where a certain type of space is suddenly made scarce. And I hate to say it, but when we're talking about digital things that could be created quite literally out of thin air, scarcity can only be created by control. So sure. I'm, I'm not trying to overly tinfoil hat this whole conversation, but I just, I, <laughs> I, I think that when we do start talking about to your point, Eric, of digital ownership and exercising, like that has value and therefore I own it. And that value is now expressed in real tangible ways that can almost only be created by scarcity. If someone is creating these things and saying, we're going to limit it to, I'm going to keep using the room example. If, if the, if the people that control the, the literal physical servers that make this room possible, say there are now 1000 of these rooms and only 1000 of these rooms henceforth forevermore. Um, now suddenly vying for access or control or the ability to use those rooms suddenly has a form of tangible value. An intangible thing is now tangibly valuable because I may have a want or a need to use and there's only so many of them to go around. And that okay. innate scarcity can create value. But let's also think about the precedent that sets create because that imagine that scarcity can only be created. Someone should in theory be able to spin up more servers and create more rooms almost, not literally, but almost to infinity. If that suddenly changes, that's because someone decided to make it change to create mm -hmm. value where it possibly didn't otherwise exist. And that just that's definitely getting into areas of economics and even socioeconomics that are way above my pay grade. Yeah. But I, I can certainly sit here and let it spin off into directions that I personally am not overly super comfortable about and would much rather just think about the, you know, super cool room that we're sitting in. Right. You know, yeah. Sitting, and it is very cool. From a thousand I miles mean, away. I mean, this is definitely a very interesting way to interact. I mean, you know, me being the remote worker, you guys are both in the same geographic yep. location and see each other at least on a weekly basis. I'm, I mean, I just got down there a couple yeah, weeks we ago ship for what the first time in three years, for the first time in three years that I've seen you guys in person. So this is definitely yep. an interesting way to interact as someone who is, you know, basically a hundred percent remote at all times. I don't, you know, yep. necessarily, I see you guys over video chat and things like that occasionally, but it's, it's, de it's definitely an interesting way to react, especially as you said, we're in this post pandemic world and everything. We're going to continue on more and more people are going to be working remotely. And this is a way to bring everyone together and put them in the same room and yep. give them the tools that we can to interact. Like right now, of course, no one can see this, but what I've done is I brought a, I've got my computer connected remotely to this session so I can see my computer screen inside the metaverse. And I've shared my computer screen onto the wall in the metaverse here so it's up on the wall with a wikipedia article about the metaverse so which is very meta um and uh <laughs> so we, you know we can we can now i can i can turn off my sharing cody can share his screen john can share his screen and we can all bring up different articles and, and collaborate there's actually also um, i haven't set it up because the room i'm in has a lot of tripping hazards and i'm not comfortable walking in it with my headset on, but I can set up a whiteboard area yep. in my room. I can stand up from my desk and physically walk to the whiteboard, use my Oculus controller to draw on the white. Like I could go up and draw on this Wikipedia article and underline things for the guy to see while my avatar stands in the front of the room, basically giving a presentation to everyone else at the table. It's a very interesting way that you can do like we could literally be 
around the globe and still having an in the room conversation. And conversation. I, and I think that's the most important thing that this beta does. I mean, I'm the metaverse as a whole, I'm not sold on. Um, I, I got into the regular horizons app, um, with my son and we explored around and it was very, and it's still early days, but it was very choppy. Um, you know, you, you come up next to someone and that you can start to hear their conversation as you walk by them, you know, they can be talking about literally anything, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that stuff you don't want to hear. And, you know, so you've got to like, it's just, it's very much my problem with it, I guess, is there's a lot of trolls on the internet and then sure. you give those trolls the power to exist in a physical quote unquote physical space, virtual space, but you know, they've got a body, they can yep. interact with you. They can get up in your face. Yes, you can get away. You can, you can ban certain people. There are tools that you can use, but it's like, it's giving power to You're still stuff. giving people tools right. to hurt other people. And let's call it what it is. There are unfortunately people in this world who would do that drive off of those opportunities. Yep. And, it, mm -hmm. and you know, and that, and I think that's the downside and there's going to need to be a certain measure of control, but then there's always, you know, those controls can then go too far and then, you know, how much is too much. And, you know, we should also have the freedom to do what we want and blah, blah, you know, there's all that stuff, but it's, you know, so I'm not sold on the metaverse as a, as a social concept yet, like as social interaction for, just getting out there playing games, doing that kind of stuff. I get it. But like for this aspect that we're doing right now, a meeting mm -hmm. workspace, this seems, this seems important to me. This well, seems like go, what it should back, be. Let's go back to our show's ever present imperative to define things. It sounds to me like you, and I agree with you, by the way, are wholly sold on the value of virtual reality as a tool. Yes. The metaverse aspect of it, the social sphere aspect of it outside of, again, like right now we are using this as a tool. We yes. are all in three places. It would be physically impossible, Eric, for you to be in one place with us. So we are using virtual reality as a tool to be in a place together and perform a job that mm -hmm. I don't view as the metaverse. I view that as using virtual reality. Sure. It's when we start again, going back to, you know, even that Wikipedia article we have up there, networking those, those virtual experiences together and actually weaving a world, a universe out of those individual experiences into a cohesive experience. Right. That's where we get into the metaverse. And you're right. Those were, that's where the true social elements, like the three of us are choosing to be in this virtual world right now, as of right now, I'm, I may be looking at a virtual door across the room from us, but no, there's no presently, no direct risk of someone barging Walking into the door, door meeting. interrupting our meeting yet. Right. You know what I'm <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, will that happen yeah, in the future? Yeah. Will, yeah. will you have to, sure. you know, okay, we got to pay our 99 cent fee to make our room private so that to no one can, door. so that no one can right. come in and listen in our meeting or, you know, whatever they're going to value add to that. But a absolutely. Yeah. And then I, again, I'm going to reach that tinfoil hat one more time, but there is also the, ever present privacy conversation that has to be had when we start talking about these kinds of experiences, because <laughs> right now we could almost big fat, almost by the way, almost be forgiven for feeling like we have a sense of privacy right now. Sure. To our mm -hmm. minds, to our persons, we are the three of us together in a, in a closed room, having a private conversation that we're then sure recording to share with the masses. But in any other sense, I could think about if I, you know, if I screwed up and said something, you know, I wouldn't want the world to hear, I could just cut it out and post. But 
in a practical sense, that privacy does not exist, that we are existing in a private room in a digital world controlled by someone else where every single bit and bite of our conversation is otherwise being, let's call it what it is. I'm not saying there's a room full of people listening to every conversation happening in the Horizons app, but that data certainly exists by nature. It has to. This isn't an encrypted conversation. There's no no way. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, and, and, and Again, anyone could just easily come back and say, well, even when you guys are quote unquote, not in the room together, we're still doing these over teams or zoom or whatever. And like, and sure, any, that becomes the privacy of telecommunications, any phone call, any exchange of information where you're not literally in a room, but I still just think there's a new layer to that conversation when three people have the mental experience of being in a private room together, that there's absolutely nothing private about what we are doing right here, right now, because it's in a digital space. Right. And there's just, there's elements to that, that I think we would be fooling ourselves if we were to ignore those too heavily. Right. So I, yeah, I, like you might not want to do your uh, investment banking meetings over this. Right. Sure. sure. Don't start handing you're out your account about, information over this thing. Right. Yeah. I'm not talking about, a, you know, people doing illicit things. You shouldn't be doing that, you know, in private or otherwise. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Be a good human. Like it's just, that's, that's the overarching theme of all of it, no matter what your expectations of privacy are. Just don't do bad stuff, but I mean, really none of us are perfect, but come on. But Cody, to your point, there's still, there are still conversations, you know, that I would only be comfortable having in a truly private environment where I knew it was me and the person or persons that I'm having that conversation with. And that is all. And Mm -hmm. the more we play with the perceptions of our own minds, you could forgive someone for even momentarily letting that slip. thinking that they are in a private one-on-one conversation that's actually being, you know, had in a place that by nature is not private because it's being accomplished through technological means. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I guess that's, that was where my disconnect was. And I think as we're talking through it, it's making more sense to me. So virtual reality is the tool, you know, that we're using right now to, to have this meeting and the metaverse is more of, it, it is a, collection of places it's it's a world it's basically like you're entering into a virtual version of the world and i'd forgotten that they were doing that they're actually there are people out there that are quote-unquote creating their metaverse or whatever and they're selling property in that space already you can purchase you know you can purchase that property i'd forgotten that they were doing that so going back to again we're cheating ahead to future episodes of the show but go back to what the blockchain and nfts mean for this The, the 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 imperative for the blockchain and NFTs in this context is now an NFT, for example, if applied in a certain way, gives you the ability to make that digital ownership portable. Right. So if I'm in company A's piece of the metaverse and I buy a yo-yo and now I want to step over into company B's portion of the metaverse, that yo-yo that I bought on the other side would in theory be able to be portable with me between metaverses i guess i don't know what the proper you know anyway metaverse from 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 a to from a to b and have it Uh, in theory be the same yo-yo the yo-yo that i own from a is now also expresses my ownership in b because i'm in possession of that non-fungible token that nft so that all these parallel conversations that we, we we struggle with the in their individual pieces when we start to think about them as individual pieces of a larger whole the, the grand strategy starts to be a little more apparent and also there's that tinfoil hat again, a little more terrifying because mm-hmm. they are not being, not that 
anyone who knows me knows I don't express the greatest trust of governments and other large scale global bodies. But still, <laughs> the only thing I have even less trust in is large scale for profit company entities. Sure. So and and these are worlds and customs and of being derived by by those that are, you know, seeking to appease shareholders that at the very least have no direct accountability to a to a governing body, to an electoral body, to a pop to a public body. So that's those are all things I think we owe it to ourselves to really think about what does that digital ownership mean for now when it suddenly does become portable and how do you enforce that? If someone quite literally steals the object that I digitally own, can I hold them accountable in a physical court of law? Sure. I, yeah. I that's an interesting thought. To that. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you, <laughs> and, and, and how do you go about stealing something that is intrinsically tied to a, from a virtual being to a yeah it's like you know with the, you'd have to prove they'd have to steal your what's the equivalent of your bitcoin wallet. wallet or something right. to to have and, and i suppose that's possible and then yeah that, that raises a whole lot of crazy questions about what what the future of this thing looks like once it gets more sophisticated i mean we're talking about the the concept of identity theft that an entirely different when when identity theft now translates not into your identity but the actual expression of ownership of air quotes, real objects, digital or sure. otherwise, if those objects have value, that makes them valuable. And yeah. then mm -hmm. therefore they've, they've taken some, I mean, I mean what, can how, you imagine the first case for grand, for, for, for digital grand larceny? Well, yeah, well, I mean, and it's also to talk about, you know, what you, you know, to go to your point, Cody, earlier, where you were talking about like, don't do your financial transactions in here. So mm -hmm. what if people start doing that? What if they have a private room and that kind of thing? And I'm going to meet with my stockbroker in the metaverse. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and an illicit person, like, you know, we, we deal with this in our day to day. We have people all the time who get a hold of credentials for someone's yes. email account. They sit in their email account and camp and on it camp. until they see a financial transaction happen. They impersonate that person. And then they try to redirect those funds to a different account. So, with the technology that's out there right now, I know that Adobe has a product and other people have a product that allows you to speak into a microphone and sound like someone else entirely. Um, so with a digital avatar, how, how hard would it be to create an avatar that looks just like another person, name your avatar exactly like that person, change your voice. And I mean, it's obviously doing all this would be pretty sophisticated, but if you're talking millions and millions of dollars, someone may figure that out. How, how, how hard would it be to impersonate someone in this metaverse? you know, look like oh, their right. avatar, sound like them. Well, that's just, you know, that's just it. now we're, now we're getting into the kind of need to digitally, digitally fingerprint, not literal physical fingerprint. Right. Like oh, that will happen. Proof, it's gonna proof happen. of <laughs> proof of identity. I mean, yeah. those are all, these are all things that are solvable, but we are, we're creating problems to solve as quickly as we're solving problems. Right. And that's the and thing. That's, it's going to yeah, be the wild, wild the west for a little technology. while. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not downplaying all of that. I mean, this is, these were the same issues we had at the rise of the PC, at the rise of the internet, at the rise of digital. I mean, all of these things, I'm not nixing the idea or even the want to go down these paths, but I do think these are conversations not only worth interrogating, we have to interrogate them as a society now because if we wait until the end game to do so, it's going to be too late. People, well, the, the people with enough to lose are going to be are going to be starting from a very disadvantaged position against yep. those who already hold all the cards. And that's the yeah. We want to get ahead of it versus like the phone thing where we're now going. Oh yeah, we should have cared about privacy all those years ago. But now, yeah, to your point, we could do it from the get go and hopefully. Well, make well it let's right. just take a very solid state esque right turn here. Uh, it's like antitrust regulation. We are currently working on unraveling 
decades of rampant unchecked growth in the technology mm. space with these massive companies that have just right. unchecked, grown and grown and grown, acquired, acquired, acquired. And now we're trying to catch up with it from a regulatory perspective, from a breakup perspective, from you know, how does the government, at least in the United States, get their arms around these too big to break entities? Well, guess what? If we would have done it on the upfront, we could have prevented right. it, or even and maybe enforced the regulations that already existed. We wouldn't have to undo the thing. So I view this as another example of we can either start to, as I said, interrogate these questions now, get down to making a collective decision as a society, how we want to proceed with it in the right way and then follow it. We can have the conversations and come up with the plan. If we don't then follow through and commit to that plan in the long term, all it is is words on paper that no one's paying attention to. Right. So there, there's, there's the conversation and then the action that has to take place as we craft, quite literally, a new world. Yeah, I think I think one thing with the metaverse, we're assuming that everyone wants to use the metaverse. So sure, you know, from today, just our like your setup process with it, like, is this something that like is actually like you'd actually be willing to use in a work manner? Like, oh, I would take meetings in this, or oh, the setup wasn't too bad, so I would do that. Like, mm-hmm. like what? Like instead of sitting in front of your computer, which we technically are doing right now, why, you know, why would we want to use this over that? You know, like do, do you do you feel like a like you could see yourself using this for for more than just like a one off. Oh, yeah. this is fun. In, in its current in, in its current state, I personally this this is where we're getting into per, to your point. I think Cody personal preference. My mm-hmm. personal preference does not find any utility to what we're doing right now versus the call. What it is the Zoom call that we normally do? Right, just do everybody on a separate show. video square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And do and we will do screen shares and all that stuff. I mean, this this is actually by nature less efficient, I feel, than how we normally interact. And I mean, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I think there's a certain like cumbersomeness to it when like you're setting mm-hmm. it up and like actually you know trying to workflow in it. Yeah, I, and I think there's a lot of refining that they need to do to make it worthwhile. Right now, it's it's fully a novelty is what this is. This is, oh, wow, this is cool. Let's all have a meeting in the metaverse. And isn't this neat, guys? And check this out. My hands move. But then again, at at one point, at one very early point, email was a novelty. Right. And, you know, even the the Zoom calls that we're saying are the easiest way to do it, a video call was very much a novelty novelty. not that long ago that was incredibly expensive and cumbersome to set up. And it was inherently unreliable and just so... Again, as the technologist that we are, I don't want to downplay the value of the technology just because of its current state and say, oh, well, that's never going to bring value. I very much see the building blocks for what could easily bring value as that technology progresses. But Cody, again, back to your original point, we have to, again, as, a, as, a, as an industry, have to craft a product that people actually want to use. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like they jump in that one time. Well, that's pretty neat. My cousin can see, you know, can see me, you know, waving at them from a thousand miles away. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah. And then they never pick it up again. What right. What is that imperative? What is that moment where it's like, oh, wow, this is a thing that people are going to want to do and are maybe, I hate to say it, but these things typically catch fire when it becomes to the point where people want to do it too much. Sure. Like what yeah. is that, what is that killer feature where it's like now if you're thinking about, okay, you know, I, I think about the pop-ups we get on our phones. Hey, your screen time is up a lot this week. Maybe you want to, you know, put that, you know, candy crush down for a few minutes, huh? Like what, what is going to be that 
that the, this flavor of that where it's like, okay, maybe I spent too many hours in the metaverse this week. Like I, I always look at it from that perspective, what's going to be that killer app, that killer function where it's like, okay, we all now have to have a conversation about our own digital well-being, and maybe now it's gotten too good. So now, yeah. now I've played the both end. Right now it sucks too much. And then because of <laughs> me, I flip all the way to the other side. Okay, now it's gotten too good and we're all just, you know, waiting to become batteries. I think like, which, right. which one is it? I think yeah, the barrier you know, the barrier to entry right now is cost. And mm-hmm. it's gotten better. I mean, these quest these yeah, quests yeah, are under three hundred dollars now. So yeah, we're seeing that erode year after year after year. I remember my first Oculus was hundreds of dollars more and the PC you needed to hook it up to was itself a couple thousand right. dollars. And so all really these headsets we're wearing, we're all three grand. We're all wearing the quest Two, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So these are all, these are untethered. You can tether them, but these are untethered. So they're the computers in the, in the headset on these mm-hmm. and they're, and they're under $300. So again, yeah. it's not for the cheapest model. It's not that expensive anymore, but it's still, that is still, a pretty large price point for a lot of people out there. And I think that for it needs to become to the point where it's, you know, it comes free with, you know, your internet connection. You know what I mean? Like sign up for a three year internet connection with us and you'll get a free oh, Oculus headset, you know, or I'm sorry, meta headset, they're gonna, you they're know, they're going to AT&T yeah. the crap. Out right. Of and when that point, happens, you know, I think that's yes. when we're going to see this start to explode when Mass everyone adoption. has access to it. Just like, you know, the internet was a novelty for a while because not everyone had a home computer and I'm dating myself a little bit. I didn't have a a home computer at my house until I was well into high school. Um, you know, we had a, I guess we had a PC there, like like we played games on, it was a PC junior or whatever, but it was like, you know, it it wouldn't connect to the internet. You know, it was, and it went out very fast, but before we had a competent computer that connected to at the time, AOL and all that kind of stuff, it was very expensive to get one of those a computer that was capable of that at the time. And then you were paying the monthly fees and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden the cost for that has come down so much that literally everybody has one or two computers in their home or more. And, you know, and I think once we get to that point, that's when we'll finally see this take off more. And I think, I think, I mean, you're right. Cost is always a driver. I mean, again, how do you, what's the carriers, you know, another, here's a solid state left turn. Uh, What's the carrier's plan for getting 5G people's 5G in people's hands, make the phones as close to free as possible and get the 5G phones in people's hands. Mm. That's a forced adoption by dollar is, you know, a very valid strategy, but I think there's also, I don't think the price right now is the biggest barrier to entry because at 299, I mean, that's, that's bordering on impulse buy territory for a Mm. lot of people. Um, I think it's more, okay, I've got it now. What do I do with it? And it still requires someone to kind of have that, you know, that, that gadgety gene, you know, it's just like, this is this, it's got to already be that thing you play with. Like I I just can't, I, I try to think about, you know, okay, a world where my mom is walking through target and saying, I'm going to get one of those Oculus quest things. I could imagine her growing a second head before I could imagine that scenario ever. Happening. I've actually, because I've actually heard my mom say that. So because she's played with the ones that we have. Oh, so now she's, now she's like, Oh, yes. cool. You know, but yeah, she would have never done it on her own because, yeah. because air quotes, one of us was yep. the gateway drug. You know what yep. I mean? But I, I think about the, the, the scale of the populace that doesn't have any direct exposure to it. Wouldn't have had a reason to try it out. You know, the first, First one's free. Right. Um, no, it's actually make that 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 consumer decision in the store and say, 
I want to try that out and then actually navigate on their own the setup process. I even yeah. think about what it took to get us into this room here today. Yeah, it was a relative breeze for all of us because it's what we do for a living. But I think about actual Joe Public sure. whose exposure to technology is the yeah, smartphone in their I, pocket and maybe a Roku. I would have Good gotten luck. a phone call when my mom buys her Oculus headset. I will get the phone yep. call to come and set the entire thing up. And the first time she yep. wants to do something like this, I will be the one setting it all up. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a a barrier there as well. Oh sure. yeah. So my dad, yeah, he picked one up cause he used mine and he was like, Oh, I'm going to buy one. So like you said, he did, he did an impulse buy because it's, it was in that range. And, um, really the biggest thing that we've been doing with it is using big screen, which is an application that lets you like watch movies and TV shows on like a movie theater screen essentially. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been pretty cool. I think right now everyone's and, focusing and so, on like the gaming aspect of the Oculus, but I think, in the long run, it's going to be the utility of it for other things versus the game. So you're saying, just so I'm clear, you're saying like the big screen, I haven't used that big screen app. So you, mm -hmm. you are in your home and your dad's in his home and you guys yes. get, join each other in a virtual Watching movie theater movie to theater watch theater a screen. movie theater screen. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. I like yes. that. No, it's, I haven't it's, tried it's that yet. To like cool 15 people. Mm -hmm. yep. That's awesome. A lot, and again, a lot of that stuff was driven out of the pandemic where people wanted to have those social experiences and quite literally couldn't. Um, and found themselves in that condition, you know, literally overnight. That's so very cool. It, it's again, I think our base premise is the technology, as always, presents so many amazing frontiers to go down that can actually enrich and make people's lives better. But we owe it to ourselves to temper that unchecked optimism with a remembering that people are still people and businesses are still businesses. And we have to protect ourselves and as a society from that unchecked desire for growth and, you know, getting it in people's hands at any cost. And the, what, what are we willing, what are we willing to sacrifice to have the thing and defining that, that line is a, I think it's an important exercise. Oh, definitely. So one of the things I want to comment on is we def they definitely need to work on the hand tracking because no, it I'm constantly sitting, it constantly looks the table watching you make gang signs right that's exactly what so. i was about to say i've been watching john make gang signs this whole meeting like his fingers will twist around themselves and like it's it's very interesting to watch so. yeah, the hand tracking seems to be good if you're the headset is directly facing it but once it's kind of lowering your field of view it, it goes away and also yeah. you're supposed to have a completely clear desk with a computer sitting in the, right in front of you on it you um, used to find the list of things that will never exist in my home office. Right, exactly. And <laughs> you know, clear desk. Yeah, and I, you know, I've got in front of me, I've got my computer to the to the right of me. I have my microphone right in front of my face for the podcast. So it's disrupting probably half of the sensors on my Oculus yeah. headset because Easily. I have a giant microphone. And then to the left, I've got my the the um recording deck that we record the show on, and you know, with all my knobs and buttons and everything. And every time I get into this, it's like please clear your desk. And I'm like, well, I can't do no. that. So no. <laughs> so now like when I put my hands in front of me under the microphone, it doesn't see them. And then all of a sudden it'll catch them and they'll both pop up and then they're throwing gang signs. And yeah, it's so it's a little, I feel like it would be very, like one of the things that I'd love to see them add is being able to add real world objects onto your desk like import, yes. like I want to have my computer over here that scan, shows up. Yeah. Right. And then, LIDAR and then and everything to right. actually bring it into the exactly. And, and yeah. bring the mic. Okay. Yeah, we see that you have a microphone there and then it blocks it out and it uses that 
collision detection that it has that we know it has because it, it does it all the time to show you those objects in real space because I, I it, and we may hear it in post we, you guys may hear it when you listen to this podcast I, I bumped my microphone like a hundred times in this because <laughs> I can't Lean see in. it because I'm wearing the yep. headset so it'd be nice to be able to have that kind of exist in the virtual space too well, and going back to our definitions, you know, what, what, what you're talking about is the blurring then again of the lines of virtual reality and right. a whole nother episode we'll have on augmented reality sure. and how those two terms get thrown around somewhat interchangeably and they really shouldn't because they're, they're two very different things. And they also are a really deep look into the different approaches, different of the big tech companies are making into the space really, because, yeah. you know, AR versus VR and how they're treated as two separates, but really they're complementary to a single whole. And, but they're also two very different strategies of approach, which, you know, it's, it's a chicken and the egg question for some of these companies, which direction are they going to go for their first attempt? And so, cause Apple has a, more or less a known strategy at this point. Google has a more or less known strategy where yep. we're using Facebook slash Meta's very well stated strategy of where they're going. There's more things to come around the very near, you know, turn. Right. But it's all these things. It's the collision course because what, you, what you're talking about, you know, using AR to influence VR and vice versa. And then you layer the metaverse aspect of networking all those experiences together. The building blocks are all there. And I go back to our central premise of now is that it's not it's not then that we need to be having these conversations. It's now, it's right and actually now yeah. we're, 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 we're begging on too late. So, um, you know, I, I think it's good for us to continue to have these conversations. It's obviously when we think about the topics that will definitely not be one and done for us as an industry and more specifically for us as a show, I, I know we're circling back to this one and probably yeah, absolutely. Not, not too far out in the future. Yeah. I mean, there's or a lot definitely. of different things we could try in here, you know, as a group oh, yeah. other than just oh, this absolutely. meeting room. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see some of the other aspects of Horizon as it develops, you know, because Agreed. Horizon's like the kind of in the forefront of all this right now because Meta is doing their metaverse. But I think there'll be some competitors. It would be interesting to try out the competitors, too, and see if they add anything to the to the party. If there's anything we love on this show, it's some good old fashioned competition. That's right. Oh, definitely. So uh, on that on that bombshell, I think we will wrap it up because the other thing they they haven't quite yet solved for me in this space is the inherent behind the eyeball headache that I start to get after a right. certain number. There you of go. Them. Yeah, yes, the, heavy, the headset starts to get heavier and heavier on the <laughs> yep, face. for the sure. Crown weighs heavy on the head, literally. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I think with that, for the sake of our own bodies and our listeners' poor ears, uh, we will wrap this one up. But uh, thank you for taking this journey with us to answer at least start to maybe answer the question to know what the thing with the metaverse is and uh with that we will catch you next time see you later later <laughs>